Hello and welcome to another episode of Caught Between a Tie and High Heels. You are in, you're joining us at uh, the third installation of my bio series, basically me reading raw from a biography that I wrote about myself 16 years ago while I was going through my initial um, gender therapy. And um, it's becoming quite a, a shocker. Um, I got a little sad, but I was also uh, kind of embarrassed after the um, last reading in bio two. So I'm just imagining bio three, uh, this episode is going to be even more uh, wonderful, but we're going to see how it goes. Uh, normally, this podcast is um, a one that I would like to take comments and questions from others that might be in the same situation, still transgender and still hiding um, or trying to come out. Uh, I've already heard from a couple of you that have uh, a while, you know, few uh, episodes ago, sharing their stories with me, and I greatly appreciate that. Um, I would like to hear more, though. And again, this is me getting out and being able to um, get a little bit more strength of myself, uh, that I'm just literally putting myself out there. No qualms, no questions. It's me. And this is what you get. And I am a trans woman. I am also identifying as a lesbian. And this is it. This is what you get. So, all right. With that being said, let's jump right back into the bio and see what else I can embarrass myself with this time. Um, or completely bum me out. This is probably not the best time. Uh, I know that I have talked about, I don't know if other people on hormones experience this, but my partner, she's going through her period and I end up getting a little bit more depressed. And I have felt that the past couple of days, uh, as I have, um, put these together. And this is probably not the best time of the month in order for me to do that. I know people will think, though, this is not possible, but I know what I feel. And I have, I may not have all the physical, but there is an emotional drain or pull that I have. And I get very depressed, very down on myself. My dysphoria uh, goes through the roof. My body image, um, self-deprecation kicks in. My personal worth like what am I doing am I I'm not even you know I shouldn't be on earth so it's those types of feelings that creep in during this time so I'm feeling this probably isn't the strongest uh time for me to be reading this because I'm sure there's not only going to be some embarrassing things but also some pretty um sad things but we shall see and um I figured that I have made it past what I'm reading and I've kind of thought about that because I was going to scrap this entire series um, after the last reading because that was that was a doozy um, and but uh, I thought no everything that I'm reading about I experienced already I have come 16 years past the time that I have written this so I should be I'm good I'm going to be good. Everything should be good. I'm just going to keep telling myself it's good. All right. So let's jump back into uh, the reading. This one I have 
labeled this little section is the high school years. So let's see, this should be fun. Um, I continued to go to a private school, but I had to move to a second school a bit farther away from home. I was now in the middle of the state of Virginia, some 175 miles away from home. Basically, I was in one that was close enough to the house to where I could board Monday through Friday. I would go home on the weekends, um, but unfortunately, they closed down, and that was my first year in private school. And so after they closed down, um, we had to find another one, and the next one that my mom liked was literally 175 miles away. So I was even farther away from home, all by myself, so this should be it. Um, all right, so back to the reading this was a bit more difficult to explore my feminine side, uh, and because I was surrounded by my fellow classmates, which were all boys, I really kicked in my skills of being the everyday natural guy that could hang with the guys without a soul knowing that inside I was feeling more and more like a girl. I would have to say that I perfected the art of being a male during this time in my life. I shut my feminine side so deep in a closet that it would not see the light of day unless I wanted it to. I felt like I was in control. I could handle it. And then that was the only limit, um, that was only limited, that was only limited to the times when I was back home by myself. I, and I only allowed a little bit of my feminine self to appear. Oh, I see what I was trying to get out there. Okay, I just worded it really terrible, but yeah. So it was only when I got back home that I really felt. So I was in control at school. Everything was locked away. The only way that I was letting her out was to be able to, uh, when I was at home by myself. So there you go. Um, These were very guarded times, I wrote. I went in, I went on to have a number of different relationships that never really went anywhere. Each one broke my heart a little more. Because for some reason or another, I was—I never was the one to do the... Um, oh, okay. Each one broke my heart a little because for some reason or another, I never was the one to break up with someone. I was always the one that got sat down to have the talk um, or the one that got the Dear John letter. After Kay, I was always dating older women so maybe that may have been the reason why they broke up with me. I don't know. Each relationship was something uh, for me to focus on so I wouldn't have thoughts of dressing creeping back in my head. It worked for a bit, but those thoughts did indeed find their way back in the frontmost part of my thoughts. I decided to ask my mom to allow me to go to public school for my senior year I thought that this would give me a chance to get to uh, get used to college life since I would no longer be a private school environment once I start college. I was trying to be all mature, you know. I got used to the same chatty gossip, the being part of the geek squad and being one of those that just didn't fit in all over again. It, it literally was like picking up where I left off. I it was I couldn't I, except for the fact that I felt like I was more like the king of the geeks. At that point, everyone ever, ever watched 16 Candles? Okay, and you know, Farmer Ted, that's kind of how I felt. I knew I was a nerd, and I knew I was like not fitting in, but I just felt like I was a much better nerd or geek than anybody else. I don't know if that makes any sense. Not that I was being 
never mind. I never thought that I was better than someone else, but I just thought I was on a higher plane, which I guess is another way of saying that you're better than someone. I'm just going to shut up and keep reading. I was a little better, a uh, bit better equipped at this time around, though. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. I was still one of those nerds, uh, school nerds, but this time, because of my private school experiences, I was not the head. I was now the head nerd. Oh, well, I even said it then. Oh, boy, I really do disappoint myself sometimes. I was able to skim the surface of the cool clicks because I could make everyone laugh. That's, yes, comedy had become my weapon of choice, and I had uh, become a seasoned surgeon at wielding that weapon. Um, wow, my descriptions are awesome. If I could make one of the cool people at school laugh, that got me invited to the party. I don't know if you've ever saw the movie 16 Candles. <laughs> oh my. Okay. It's like I know the writer. It's so weird. I don't know if you've ever saw the movie 16 Candles, but the one kid at the movie that asked for her panties then showed them off to the boys in the restroom to secure his place as the king nerd. That was me. Oh my goodness. Okay. I could tell a joke or recite a com uh, comedian I heard word for word with their voice and inflections so well that I was assured. Oh boy. Acting had always been a passion of mine, but in high school it became something I knew I was supposed to do. I was good at it. I became the go-to person for improv games. I did work with the local public theaters as well as school plays. I worked harder on my impersonations and character voice skills. I sank myself into everything involving acting in the theater so I didn't have time to worry about my dressing. It was still there, like the Sword of Damocles hanging over my head, waiting for it to fall at any second, but I tried my best to ignore it. During the time between plays or working in the theater, or at the theater, I did have a harder time while attending classes. Girls were everywhere. They dressed nicer uh, than they did in middle school, and they wore hose more often, which I dearly love. I know that this is probably weird, but I do. I, I love stocking legs. It's amazing. Their breasts had developed more, so they dressed in clothes that accented their bust line. And their hair was done nicer, makeup done better. I was constantly surrounded by girls that looked how I wanted to look. I remembered every day seeing a girl with envious eyes wishing that I could dress like that and come to school and to go to movies. During this downtime between plays and theater work, I could feel my depression piling up higher and higher as the days go on. This became the overshadowing emotion during this uh, entire time. And that is so true. I um, This literally brings a wave of depression back to me is that I would see these girls dressed in the 80s, you know. So it was, uh, this was 88, uh, going into 89. Um, oh my gosh, yeah. They, the, the style, I love the style still. But they were more mature. They had gotten better at their makeup, and I just wanted to be there. I felt like I was, like, being left behind. Um, and 
it every every single girl that I saw was a reminder of how pathetic I had come and how pathetic I was um, because I didn't look like them and I was being left out. So that was really, that was rough. That was really rough. Uh, it was during my time as a high school junior and senior, especially that I realized I was supposed to be a woman. I remember seeing a show on TV one time that had talked about men that had surgery to become a woman. I thought that was for me. I finally, finally saw someone that I could connect with. I started to look for more information about SRS and hormone treatments as much as I could without letting someone know what I was looking for. I started thinking more and more about how it would be to live my life as a woman. Now, let's put this in perspective. There was no internet during that time period. Um, there were books at the library. Um, but yeah, that was really kind of as far as it got. Uh, what would it feel like to get up in the morning as a woman, dress as a woman, to do everyday things as a woman with, with wondering if someone is going to see me as a guy dressed as a woman? What would it feel like to do all of those normal things being an anatomically correct female? To wear a pair of pantyhose without having to tuck? To wear a bra without having to wonder if the padding is too high on my chest or if they look uneven or level? To know what it would feel like to have the lace of a bra touch my bare breast? I would wonder how great it would be to start taking hormones and that I could actually have my own breasts that I could have surgery that would allow me to be rid of this thing between my legs that causes so much frustration for me. The thought that I could be, that I could in fact really become a female through surgery was fantastic. This became my eventual goal in life. It was during this almost four year time that I developed this train of thought in my own, on my own. I would still keep it very much to myself, but it was something building within me. Even though I come to the realization that I'm supposed to be a woman and I wanted to be a woman, it did not make my life any easier. I still felt scared and nervous about the process. What would my family think? How would, my function, how would I function in the world with no one there for me? I'd be kicked out of my house and told to never come back. These thoughts kept me from saying a single word. I did purchase my first pair of shoes while I was a senior in high school along with my very first pair of pantyhose which were all mine not taken from my mom's car uh, not taken from my mom's drawer I had gotten my driver's license and I took my mom's car to the mall uh, and I did talk about this in a previous uh, episode where I took it to a mall a bit of a ways away without her knowing about it I bought a pair of black patent pumps from naturalizer shoes and I was so happy with the purchase, I had to try them on once I got back in the car. My God, did they feel heavenly. I loved them, and they were all mine. I was so nervous going to buy the shoes. I left without getting my change. I didn't care in the least. I was just happy to finally have something of my own. I later found the courage to do it again when I purchased my first pair of hose. I saw Danskin's hosiery shop. I don't even know if they even exist anymore, but Danskin was the shit. Oh my god, I love their hosiery. 
Um, but yeah, they had like a in the mall that we went to, they had a little stand. Like it, they had like a kiosk, and it was huge. I loved it. Um, and it was the same place, of course, that I bought the shoes. So you had to go way, way out there. But yeah, it was a Danskin hosiery shop. Um, I fell in love with them the moment that I put them on. Very soft, but good support. I started my very own stash bag where I kept all of my stuff. I hid it deep under my bed, back in the corner under so much stuff, no one would dare to try and move at all just to see the bag, much less what was in it. After high school, I started to go to local community college for my liberal arts degree. This was better than high school because I could take classes that interested me for a change. I was still wishing every day that I would find a way for me to start becoming a woman. How I would do it. What would I do? How would everyone react? Awful. So I did nothing every single time. I did call a local hospital about information on SRS and how it was done. I talked to the woman on the phone and with such a dry mouth. Oh, I remember this. But she was sweet and told me about um, going through a process first before you could get the surgery down. Um, she would send me some information about the entire process. I gave her my address. I'll never know how I found the nurse to give her my real address, but I did. And it came in the mail a few days later. Luckily for me, the mail came before my mom got home, so I was able to get it before she did. I remember thinking that if she did get it first, it would mean it would be my way to bringing it up and things get out on the table. I made sure that did not happen. The package had information on groups to go through uh, the process without, uh, excuse me, the package had information on groups to go through the process with, and it also had a group of hand-drawn pictures showing the steps, each step of the SRS operation. I could not believe my eyes. They would skin my penis, remove it from, uh, remove it and my testicles, then cut out a six-inch section of my intestine, insert it in to make my vagina. Holy cow! Okay, maybe I don't want to have the surgery yet, but I'll work on the process leading up to SRS like hormones and stuff first. When the time was right and the time was not right at that, uh, the, uh, when the time was right and the time was not right at all then. So this was, oh my gosh, this was back 89, 90, and I'm describing... That's really something. So this is like a little uh, look back at what surgery looks like. You have doctors like Marcy Bowers that is performing. Not only are they doing uh, creating the vaginal uh, tube, but they're also doing the labiaplasty and everything all in one shot to where you don't have to go back and have such intrusive surgeries and over and over and over again. Um yeah, I didn't even think about that. So, yeah, but I do remember seeing those pictures, and I, like, gawked at them. They hid with my stash, and by the time that I finished looking at them, um, or I got rid of my stash, I mean, oh, my gosh, they were crinkled up pieces of paper. They were they were pretty bad. Uh, so that's that's really, really interesting. Um I didn't think that I wrote that in there. So, yeah, they took a six-inch piece of your intestine in order to use that as a vaginal canal. 
that's kind of crazy. Okay, I'm looking at the clock, and I think that this is a good place to stop. Not as embarrassing as I thought, um, but I definitely know myself, for sure. And, um, yeah, so I really hope that you're enjoying these. If you do, please send me any comments or questions at questions at tyinhighheels.com, or you can visit the website at tyinhighheels.com. Go to the contact page. Fill in a little form and any comment or question you want to throw in there, that will come directly to me. Thank you so much. And you can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Tyne High Heels. So, all right. So tune in tomorrow. We'll have more about my bio um, and we'll see how it goes. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>